0: Greetings, everyone. Welcome. My name is Andy Neal, and you're listening to The Hiker Podcast. Experience. Experience it all.
1: Experience.
0: experience. Greetings, everyone. It's Andy, and you're listening to the podcast that gets to know the hikers behind the trekking poles, the podcast that that tries to demystify the outdoors and hiking, the podcast that, that asks hikers and outdoors people, how has the outdoors and hiking changed you, and how are you changing the world around you? That's right. You're listening, wait for it, to the Hiker Podcast. I'm super excited about this week's show, but first... I need to let you know about our sponsors. That's right. CS instant coffee, the best instant coffee on the trail and can outdoors, makers of the carbon fiber cork trekking poles. If you want to know more about them, click on the links in the description of this episode or simply go to hikerpodcast.com. You can find out how to buy their stuff and how and what you need to do to get maybe a percentage off or help the show out. So on and so forth. Also big up to wildly goods, makers of the merino wool socks and our Patreon to support this show week in and week out go to hikerpodcast.com click on sponsors hear about all of them they are amazing i am very excited about this week's amazing guest dr megan banker dr megan banker is a rock climber and mountaineer living in the great state of oregon up in portland at her day job she is a health at every size chiropractor and she owns and operates her wellness clinic she stands for diversity, equity, and inclusion in both the outdoor and healthcare industries and aims to bring awareness to inequities in those areas. She is one of the newest ambassadors for outdoor research, a great outdoor company, and was on the advisory board for their new plus size and extended gear that is launching this fall. She is the co-founder of Climb Big, an initiative to introduce more fat folks into climbing and plans to do more climbing instruction for bigger bodies in the future. She is also an ambassador for PNW, that's Pacific Northwest, PNW, PNW's, PNW Outdoor Women. I had an amazing conversation with Dr. Megan Banker. I was so excited to have her on the show. And without any further ado, my conversation with Dr. Megan Banker. Hey, hikers, I am so excited to have our next guest on. Dr. Megan Banker is on the show. She is a rock climber and mountaineer and also a chiropractor. And she is known and, and been involved in so many people I know who has also been on the show. And I'm just happy to have her on the show to get her perspective on the outdoors and mountaineering and hiking in the industry. Megan, thank you so much for coming on. How are you doing today?
1: Hello, I am good. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited.
0: So as we get into our conversation here, just introduce yourself, who you are, where you come from, all the stuff that outdoor people like to know when they meet you on the trail.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You covered a little bit of it. Uh, my name's Dr. Megan Banker. I am 32. Uh, I live in Portland, Oregon. I originally grew up in Central California, kind of near Fresno, um, and then moved up to Northern California for college and then went to Dallas, Texas for grad school, and eventually found my way out here in Portland, which is when I really started getting into hiking in the outdoors um, as a way to meet people. And that's just kind of my kind of my origin story, a little bit of how I how I got here. Um, and like you said, I'm a I'm a chiropractor, so uh, I moved out here and started working for a chiropractor, and then bought his practice and really wanted to focus on creating. A new kind of experience for people, especially plus size people going to a doctor. Um, I've always lived in a bigger body. And so I wanted to really make sure I created a safe and inclusive space for people to get compassionate healthcare. Um, And that kind of blended with my outdoor life as well. Um, So I've kind of married the two in terms of wanting to create some more inclusivity for people in bigger
0: bodies. So talk a little bit about that you you were um you started out in Fresno, California, Central Valley which there is some outdoor stuff in that area. Um but what is it about Portland that really got you into the outdoors? I know myself I, I you know coming from Southern California and Las Vegas I didn't really get into the outdoors until recently but I, it took me moving to Oregon mm-hmm. um, here in Southern Oregon near Ashland. What is it about the culture in Portland that kind of brought you into the outdoors?
1: Yeah, and I don't know if it was necessarily portland that got me into the outdoors more so it was kind of the the time of my life so i i grew up in near fresno so we would go to yosemite pretty often for like camping but my family wasn't really into the outdoors we mostly just did car camping where you like drive to the campsite set up the tent for the weekend and you know go home um and I also you know when I was in college, I was in Northern California, so I was definitely really close to like Tahoe and things like that. but I didn't have the time or the money to get into into hiking I mean I kind of think that there's this stereotype that you have to have money to buy all the fancy gear and things like that, and I didn't really learn until later that you could start hiking with gear that isn't expensive, like you don't need to have the fancy gear and things like that, and I try to be transparent about that on my Instagram page of like, Hey, you can get into hiking by getting stuff from, you know, a Goodwill or a bargain basement or used gear. Um, but I didn't really know that. And I was when I was in college, I had to work all the time. I, I didn't have a lot of money growing up. And in college, I was basically working two jobs to support myself through school. So getting out on the weekends and hiking was just not an option when you're when you're working all the time. Um, and so it wasn't really until I moved to Portland and started working as a chiropractor and wanted to make new friends and, and the Pacific Northwest is gorgeous. So it's a, it's a perfect place to really kind of fall in love with hiking. It's a lot closer. Um, the hiking is a lot closer than like, if I was in California, it was an hour and a half, two hour, you know, drive to get to the hiking. Whereas here we have forest park, which is right in, in town. Um, And the gorge is close too, so it was a little bit of everything when it came to like access, time and finances all together. Um, I had all three of those things (laughs) when I moved here. And so that was really um, what what catalyzed me getting into the outdoors was just having having all of those things.
0: So you talk about as a a chiropractor, you're wanting to make your practice safe for people living in larger bodies. And I know as this podcast, we've had a lot of uh, fellow plus size people on here and i know i've had i've had guests back out because they feel like oh you have too many plus size people on your podcast and i don't want to be advocating for an unhealthy lifestyle which mm. just, it drives me nuts because I, I have you know plus size people i have street size people on here all kinds of people on here um but that, that's where i'm at so obviously the, the show's gonna be a reflection of of who i am a lot of the time and i want it to be a safe space but having gone to a chiropractor before i've I've had chiropractors you know after car accident tell me you know you 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 heal a lot faster if you if you lost some weight and stuff Uh and it's like how do you approach your your practice as a chiropractor dealing and um in um treating larger bodies um and how does that affect your your life in the outdoors
1: yeah so chiropractic can be <clears throat> kind of toxic as a profession, and I learned that in school, um, which is unfortunate because I think it can be really helpful um and when it comes to my practice, I knew that I didn't want to have weight loss conversations with people because it's not true that if you lose weight, you'll heal faster that's not that has no bearing on how your body heals at all um, and so I wanted to create a a practice where we talked about how you could improve your health without needing to change the size or shape of your body, because there are things that you can do to have a positive impact on your health, like finding joyful movement or learning how to eat intuitively, not in a place from of restriction and diet. Um, And through chiropractic, We make sure that the structures of your spine are moving properly so that you can do these things like joyful movement so that you can have trust in your body and that you can feel better in your body. And I have, like I mentioned, I've lived in a bigger body my whole life, but I've also been in the diet, in the diet world, in the toxic diet world. And I've been smaller, I've been bigger and, you know, my health hasn't really Changed as a function of that. It's more of a, it's changed as a function of finding places that I feel supported, having people around me that support me, really working on my, the health of my relationships, of my finances, of my physical body. There's so many things that we can do that positively impact our health in exponentially better ways than losing weight and just focusing on the weight number. And so, that's how I approach healthcare in my office, and um, it's coming from a what's called a health at every size or a haze provider. There's actually a lot of resources to find Hays providers that are not just chiropractors, but therapists, dietitians, nutritionists, um, primary care providers, and so that's a really good resource if you're if you're looking for a doctor like that. Um, the, there's a Hayes website that has a directory for those kinds of providers. Um, And I just think it's really important to, you know, people come to providers for help with whatever health goal that they're trying to reach, um, or whatever ailment they're suffering from. And the worst thing that you can do for someone is shame them about any decisions they've made in their life. um, And tell them, you know, the only thing that can make you feel better is to go on some sort of restrictive weight loss thing. And I just... I rejected that pretty quickly when I started my practice, and uh, I think it's going really well
0: and how has that health at every size and, and with your with your with your practice mm-hmm. how has that bled over into what you do in the outdoors because the outdoor industry can be and it's getting way, it's getting so much better it can be though very toxic it can yeah. be very i mean uh, i i think of i think of my friend andrew who, who's you know recently was uh, featured on, on patagonia's website and people were leaving mm-hmm. these nasty horrible comments him was a climber um where he's you know he's an amazing climber yeah I and, love are, and he's just like and he, he laughs he laughs it off and he, he's able to poke fun at it and but just the things that people say and, and and just recently having people backed out of the podcast because literally you have you have too many fat people on there and i don't want to advocate for unhealthy lifestyles it's like how has what you do in the medical and chiropractor chiropractor world um bled over into what you do in the outdoors
1: um yeah it's it's kind of mirrored my my outdoor life and my business life right like i started as a chiropractor, when I moved to Portland, which was the same time that I started as a hiker and a climber, I'd really only gone on like maybe two hikes before I started mountain climbing. Um, I really <laughs> dove in with both feet on that one, but I quickly learned that especially in the mountain climbing community and the rock climbing community, like these are kind of seen as like the extreme outdoor things, right? Like they're the, the top of the the food chain and, and outdoor stuff. Um, which I think is silly because any time outside is a good time whether you're doing an urban hike in your neighborhood or you know climbing mount hood like it's you're still outside moving your body and finding joy so i don't think putting these things on pedestals should happen but it does and in in the mountain climbing and rock climbing world there's this kind of viewpoint that it you know you're you're such a hardcore person for doing it and the only way to be hardcore is to be super fit and and do it fast and and be you know this like kind of outdoor fantasy is what Jenny Brusso calls it of just like thin typically white fit person and i i'm not that and but i was still doing these climbs and so it it did some interesting things for my mindset of like you know there was a lot of comparison syndrome a lot of imposter syndrome in the beginning of like i can't do these things because i'm too big, or I'm too slow, or I need to spend more time in the gym. And it was really my partner, Andy, who gave me a ton of encouragement in the very beginning of like, it's okay, if you get to the top 10 minutes before, you know, behind everybody else, like you're still doing it, you're still there. And it's also okay, if you're not having fun, and you want to go home, like this is supposed to be your outlet. And you're turning it into this um, competition thing, which is kind of my personality anyways, I'm a little bit competitive, but, um, it took a while for me to really start to be comfortable with my own body in the outdoors and what I was capable of without listening to the, the voices that say, oh, you're fat, you can't do this. Or, Um, I think it's always funny when people say, you know, you're promoting obesity and it's like, well, you know, if we we play into that, like you're, you're saying that I'm fat and I should exercise. So here I am exercising, but you don't like the way that I'm doing it. You want me to do it in private until I have the body that you deem worthy. And then I can come outside. Like it's, it's always funny to me that, that that's, you know, like even people saying to you that they don't want to come on the podcast because you're highlighting bigger bodies, but it's bigger bodies doing, doing activities like living their lives, Mm -hmm. living their lives with joy. And that is, I think, really clashes with the worldview that in order to have joy and happiness, you need to be thin. And uh, I think the people that you've featured on this podcast are some of my friends. And I think it's, it's really an affront to that worldview that we are out here living our lives with joy and happiness and inspiring other people to do that. And that is just really confronts that worldview that you need to be thin to be happy.
0: So how do we combat that, that mindset that thin is healthy or, you know, that having that the stereotypical outdoor dream body is, is healthy because I know for myself when, when I go to the doctor, they, they always mention weight, but they always say, you know, my doctor at least is always very much, like, you know, your your cholesterol is good, this is good, that's good, you're very healthy, and then he always says, you know, you can lose some weight though, and it's like, but I, I mean, I'm I, I'm in the gym several times a week, mm-hmm. I I hike, you know, five ten miles a week, I do these things, I just have a bigger body. I just do. Um, yeah. And it's so what, interesting. what does it look like for someone who, you know, like I myself, I literally starved myself, lost the weight. And now I got tired of starving myself all the weight came back.
1: Right. Well, how does that
0: look like for people?
1: It's really interesting because especially as a doctor, like we accept biological diversity in a ton of ways, right? Like we understand that you can be short and healthy and tall and healthy, or you can have blue eyes and be healthy and brown eyes and be healthy. Like, every other diverse thing about our bodies we accept as healthy and normal, but somewhere somebody drew the line at body size. Like, and for me, that's such an interesting thing that we've done as humans is we've, we've said, okay, biological diversity exists except for this one metric of the size and shape of your body. And like you said, it you know, when you check in with your doctor and he tells you that all of your metrics are all of the metrics that we would measure for health, um, physical health anyways, are are good. And that happens to me too. I go to the doctor and they always screen me for diabetes because I, you know, my BMI yes. is up in line. And I always have to pay for the, the thing. I've actually yes. gotten really I've I've started to advocate for myself in that way to be like, no, I'm not here for diabetes tests. I don't have any symptoms. I'm not paying this $35 for this diabetes yes. test. Um and so I think the way that we come we combat that is just is is doing exactly what we're doing which is talking about it more having more conversations about it showing up um you know and really putting ourselves in those vulnerable places like you mentioned Drew and Sarah in that Patagonia article um yeah they got some nasty comments and they're still out there doing it they're not you know they're not going to stop and it's the same with any anybody who has a little bit of visibility i mean i get comments all the time on my instagram from things and it's just having the, the courage to show up and be yourself anyways. Um, and that's with any sort of negative comment, whether it's body size, whether it's ability, um, anything that you're going through, like someone's always going to find a reason to have a negative comment about it. And I think just showing up and living in joy is really the the way to get around that because you can't, um, you can't dwell on the negative comments. It just, it really messes with your, your mental health and your emotional health. And so like having a good outlet and really having people around you that support you that are in your corner and really harnessing, um, that joy, I think is, I'm going to say joy like 5,000 times today, but I think that that's the thing that I really leaned into is I'm always going to get negative comments about something, whether it's, you know, my body size, or my words I've used, or um, my opinions on things like there's always going to be a reason to nitpick or disagree. But if I am living according to my values, and living in a way that is beneficial to my life and the people around me, then, you know, it kind of makes it easier to roll those negative comments off
0: absolutely Now, shifting gears here a little bit Mm -hmm. um, as you got into the outdoors and climbing what is it about the outdoors climbing hiking mountaineering um what is it about those things that really appeal to you and how did how did i guess how did they call to you how did how did you Mm -hmm. at what point were you like oh my gosh this is for me like this is this is what i want to be doing with my time off, doing with my loved ones. I want to be out in the outdoors and climbing, hiking, doing these things.
1: Um, I think I was hooked from, from my first mountain climb, which was of Mount St. Helens. And we did it. Uh, we started at midnight. So we climbed it through the night and then we summited at sunrise. And I don't think I've ever seen anything as beautiful. Like it was a clear day. The sun was coming up and, We could see all the cascades. We could see Rainier and Adams and Hood. And I think we could see all the way down to Jefferson. Um, And it was just the, the Alpenglow was gorgeous. Um, And I think in that moment, I was like, oh, this is, this is something I need to do again. And I think there's a lot of people that, that I've heard that story. Like they were hooked from their first, their first mountain and there's just something about really persevering and and reaching the summit and even on mountains where i haven't reached the summit um you know i i learn something new about myself every time i do it and i've been climbing for 5 years now i actually just came off a a rough mountain climb over the weekend um and i i learn i learn something new and i i gain perspective every time i gain resilience every time Um, and I use what I learn in the mountains to have perseverance and resilience in my business life. Um, if you're a business owner, you know that it takes, uh, it takes a lot of resilience and it takes a thick skin and it takes knowing that you have to kind of work through whatever your mind is telling you that you can't do to, to reach that place of, of beauty and, um, and really learn those lessons. So I think, yeah, I've been, I've been hooked since the beginning and I also met my partner through rock climbing. And so that was something special. Um, I've told this story on a couple of different podcasts before. So if you've heard me speak, then you know it. But um, after that first climb of Mount St. Helens, I climbed South Sister in central Oregon. And then I knew that I needed to get some more skills to be able to do harder mountains, more technical mountains. I didn't know how to use an ice axe or anything like that. And so I took the Mazama's basic climbing education program or BSEP for short. And I was paired up with an assistant to help me through the class for the eight weeks. And it was my now husband, Andy. Um, And so we met climbing and we spent the summer climbing together and we just yeah, we fell in love in the outdoors and so that has that special component for me as well as um it's it's when I really got to know Andy because we would go on these long hikes with no phones and no distractions and so we really got to know each other and we spent the summer climbing and um yeah, we just it's where we reconnect and where we really get to spend time together and um He's helped me up a lot of mountains. He's always so supportive of of me and what I'm doing and what I'm going through. I'm usually the one that's you know crying like, "I can't do this, I don't think I can do this and he's the one hugging me, breathing with me, telling me that I can and um yeah, so it's just a really special dynamic that we have and and so that's always really important to me and it's just the outdoors for me is that place where I can do some active meditation, so when we're walking uphill for hours I can just kind of check in with myself and how I'm doing um and when I'm not outdoors I'm constantly working on on my business on you know life is just moving really quickly and so the outdoors is a really great place where everything becomes so simple especially when you're mountain climbing it's you know make sure you put your foot here. So you don't fall off this mountain. That's like the one thing I have to worry about. (laughs) I don't have to worry about anything else, except making sure that I don't fall off this mountain. And uh, for someone whose brain is constantly moving and constantly loud, uh, the outdoors is a really great place where my brain can be quiet and really just focus on this one movement or, um, you know, this, this one thing that I need to do to keep my, my body Alive.
0: So you talked a little bit about, you know, being in the outdoors with your husband, you know, no phones and no no service. And uh, we're, we're recording this the day after the great Facebook, Instagram outage of 2021. Oh,
1: yeah, that was great, wasn't it?
0: It was it was amazing, um, which was just an extension. I was camping where there was no service, you know, the weekend before. So it was just an extension of that. Um, but social media has definitely changed the outdoor game for better and for worse, I know for myself, um, I wouldn't have the career I have now if it wasn't for for social media. Um, but at the same time, I see the negative aspects that it's done for me. How do you think social media has helped encourage people to get into the outdoors? And how has it maybe kind of become a little bit toxic in the outdoor industry and, and, and landscape?
1: Yeah, I mean, we wouldn't be talking right now if it wasn't for social media. Um, And so I think, yeah, it's definitely been been wonderful for me in terms of, like, I was able to meet other outdoor people um, that had bodies similar to mine. I was able to meet some really great, great people like Sam Ortiz and um, Ash Manning, who you've had on the show. So I mean, I've I've met all these really wonderful people. And I've gotten to, you know, now work on this great project with Outdoor Research with their extended and plus size clothing line. And um, I've, I've gotten some visibility because of the things that I've talked about on my Instagram page. So I think, yeah, it's definitely brought these really wonderful things into my life. But there is that double edged sword of it's also brought a ton of negativity from negative comments that I've had to really work through. um, Which, you know, I think, if you choose to look at it in a way of like, yeah, they're negative comments, but they really forced me to, um, to evaluate my values and, and find out what was really important for me. I've done a ton of work and since 2020 started on finding that mental and emotional stability to be able to handle those comments without, um, you know, really taking them too seriously and kind of falling into a depression hole. Um, But it also, I think, you know, it depends on, on who you're following. If you're, if you're following all of these people who um, maybe you don't relate to as much, or like in the very beginning of my climbing career, I was following a lot of like professional climbers that had bodies that I will never have. And it does create some imposter syndrome and some competition. I think the outdoor space can get a little bit competitive too with like people trying to get different opportunities it can become kind of toxic if like it can become toxic if all you're if all you're doing it for is to like gain influence and Mm -hmm. um you know like it's fine if if that's what you're looking for but at the same time that can become kind of toxic because now you're competing with other people who are in your niche for opportunities and that it can get really opportunistic in that way. And I've Mm -hmm. seen that happen to me. Um, and so I think I, for me, I've really had to say, okay, why am I doing this? Why am I posting things on Instagram? Why am I having this voice? Like, what is it for me? And for me, that mission and that vision is, has always been to increase diversity in the outdoors, to have representation for people who haven't, and to really inspire people to live the life they want without those preconceived notions about their ability. So if I really hone into that, that is what determines what opportunities I take and, you know, what podcasts I come on and and all of those things is really through that lens of how is this going to inspire more people not how is this going to get me free gear or how is this going to you know make me the most popular person on instagram Mm -hmm. like it can be hard not to fall into that trap um and it can it can lead you to take opportunities that maybe you wouldn't have if you looked at it from that lens versus the opportunistic like how can i just become you know this super popular instagram star
0: exactly because eventually free gear doesn't pay the mortgage at all (laughs) it doesn't
1: and it really makes it it really makes it hard for people who um you know that is their their job if if there's people that will do work for just the clout or the free gear or whatever like that it kind of i don't know dilutes it a little bit i guess Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and like these companies don't owe like we don't work for them, you know, and they kind of will make it seem like that, like, oh, you know, this is a great opportunity for you to gain followers. And I've, I've definitely had brands say that to me, like, hey, we'll offer you two free things that cost like $30 for you to do all this work for us. And you'll get followers in the, in the you know, because of it. And I'm like, okay, but I'm not, I'm not here for the followers. I'm here for you, the brand, to change your messaging and to create mm-hmm. more inclusive gear or more inclusive marketing or whatever it is that's that has to do with that mission of creating more visibility. And if I'm just doing it for followers, like that's not... That's not why I'm here.
0: And there, there's always that, that balance to you find know, being in the, the plus size outdoor industry where it's like, okay, this, this particular company has never had a plus size person featured on their website or social media. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you're not paying me money, but this is actually going to advance the cause and give more visibility to to bigger bodies out exactly. there. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's a like, balancing, uh, act. It's yes, a balancing no. act of like, yeah, I see that you're trying to do that work. And it's also sometimes some of their some of their work can be a little bit performative too like, "Hey, mm-hmm. we want you to be like the celebrity for this, but they aren't doing anything to actively like long term change their values as a company, and so that's mm-hmm. something that I always ask companies too is like what how is this going to change your marketing or exactly. your practices or or whatever it is like am I going to start seeing?" more different types of people on your Instagram pages? Am I going to start to see marketing that's geared towards everybody and not just a certain subset of bodies? Um, And yeah, so I mean there's lots of different lenses that I try to look through when I'm looking for opportunities in, in social media. So I think it is just a balancing act of figuring out what your, what your mission is and, and what your, what you're doing it for. And also to make sure that you're still balancing social media and your outdoor life when you're outdoors too, because mm-hmm. that is something that I see a lot is everything becomes about content. Yep. Yep. And I know for my husband, <laughs> when we met um, you know, I didn't have an Instagram following and I, and I wasn't really interested in social media. And then I just threw, you know, organic growth be, got more followers and so you know I did have to start doing a little bit more content things and so I've had to kind of create some boundaries there so if we are we do have adventures that we go on that I, I tell him like this is a content free adventure like we are not we're
0: not doing That's good. I like, that.
1: like we're not doing any pictures or video or if we do it's not things that I'm going to be sharing it's just for us and then when we do go on hikes and climbs, um, I create these boundaries around how long we do content for, or where we do it for. So even when we're traveling too, it's the same thing of like, okay, I want to take some pictures or some videos for, you know, half an hour. And then the rest of the time is phone free. Um, because if you're just doing it all through the lens in your camera phone, like that can... It can turn it into work. And that's kind of what I did in the very beginning was I didn't have those boundaries and it was turning it into work. And so I was like, Oh, I don't want to have to do videos today. Or, you know, it was making my partner frustrated because he just wants to go out and climb. Like he's not interested in being a, you know, social media change maker. <laughs> so he was like, I don't want to take pictures and videos of you while we're doing this stuff. Like I just want to go out and enjoy it. And so Uh, I had to learn how to how to create some boundaries with him and also with our time in the outdoors so that it wasn't turning it into a job um, and turning it into a source of um, frustration between the two of us. And it's worked out really well, Um, because in the end, you know, the photos that you see on my Instagram are taken by him (laughs) (laughs) most of the time.
0: So um, you talked about you're you're working with. With outdoor research now and mm-hmm. you have a lot of these bigger brands um that are are, are, are getting on board with having plus size gear and, and, and we extended sizes i've had the chance to we both know andrea kelly uh, had a chance to work with her and i'm working with columbia right now um they've had they've had stuff for men for a, a while and they're they're putting it out there and i know they're they're working on getting more stuff out there for women as well um, but what has been your experience working with Maybe outdoor research not specifically I you know because there's you know, you know non-disclosure agreement stuff you gotta talk about but just working in the outdoor industry and, yeah. and the gear industry and how has how has your input been received and where do you see that going
1: yeah and actually with outdoor research their project has been really wonderful we don't have a non-disclosure and we don't have exclusivity with them which was a, a big uh thing for those of us that are working with them on it um, nice. and really really told us that they're you know when they said the words like our mission is to be an example for other brands so that this, this problem of you guys not having gear is, is addressed. Like those are, you know, words, but their actions of like, you guys can talk about this. You can, you know, we're not asking for exclusivity. We're not asking for non-disclosures. That was that action of, of really telling us that we were, you know allowed to talk about whatever we wanted to talk about with this experience really did show to me that that those words weren't just words that they really do have this mission of of changing the industry and not just for them but for other brands as well um because for them their mission was to to change the industry to get more people outside safely um with gear that is technical and um and really good gear and so um that was you know important to to me and the other the other women working on the project but yeah i think brands are starting to recognize that not only is it lucrative from a business perspective because the majority of bodies in the united states at least are you know fit into the plus size measurements so it makes sense that you should make clothing for them um just from that like pure capitalistic dollars sense but also um you know i think that because of social media and because of this kind of social activism people are starting to to really put their dollars towards causes that are important to them and and inclusivity and diversity um are are really getting the attention that they deserve um, not only for plus size bodies, but for other marginalized communities. And I think that it's so important and it's, it's really exciting to see it. And I think there still is a ton of room and um, it's been interesting working on this outdoor research project because there's, there's still a ton of criticism, which is totally valid and it needs to happen because criticism is how we change um but there's all this criticism before the the line has even come out which is um yes i've seen that on like,
0: on some facebook groups like do you even know what's going on yet
1: <laughs> yeah i mean and it and it just it just shows you like how wrong the industry has been for so long that like people can't trust that this line exactly. is going yep. to be what i think it's going to be and what i hope it's going to be and what i know that it's going to be from from the clothing that i have but it's just like you know people see the the press release, and instantly the the comments are, "Oh, like it's gonna run small or um you know it's not it's not inclusive because it doesn't go past three x which is true it a true inclusivity line needs to cover at least up to six x and um you know outdoor research is working on that, so we actually uh, the, the advisory board of people, you know, went back to them and they said, Hey, we need to change this wording because you're saying that this is an inclusive line and it's not truly inclusive. So let's change that language. And their responsiveness to our feedback has been incredible. Like they changed it that day from it being an inclusive line to, uh, I think my feedback was like, just say what it is. Like, you don't have to to use words that you think, you know, are going to be these buzzword marketing words, like just put on there that you're having sizes extra, extra small up to three X. And then that way there's no ambiguity over what it is and it won't, you know, it won't make false promises. And, and so I think that the, the outdoor brands are learning alongside everybody else. And it just is, some of these brands, like Columbia and Outdoor Research and Patagonia, they're big ships to turn they're um, yep, yep you know they I think that maybe they don't necessarily deserve grace, <laughs> but uh you know that's that's how we that's how we make the change is to is to really give them the space to to learn and and make these changes and I hope that people give the the outdoor research um, line a chance and also recognize that it's the first one. So it won't be perfect when it comes out, but we've put a ton of work into it. And at least from working with the brand super intimately, I know that they're open to feedback and they want to make it right. And they want to get this first launch right so that we can expand into, you know, 4X, 5X, 6X. Hopefully that's the, that's the goal. And with I know things like, you know, Columbia, they've been doing it for a long time, but they have a different problem in that they've been doing it for a long time and they're the only ones that have been doing it. And so they are resistant to change because what they've been doing has been working for them. Um, but their grading is off and they still mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they and they still charge more for plus size clothing than the straight size clothing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which other brands are starting to not do um and i know the outdoor research line isn't going to be doing that and so i think that that's these other brands that are making these changes are going to force a brand like columbia that's been around for a long time to reevaluate and say like oh people are leaving our brand because we are charging more for plus size clothing like we should look at that you know and so i think it's uh it's changing slowly but it is changing and i hope that that people give it a chance, but are still critical because that criticism is important.
0: It's been cool working with brands like Columbia and, uh, and other ones that um, they have been just, they've just been listening, which has been really encouraging. Mm-hmm. Um, and there hasn't been any assumptions and see things from clothing to, to backpacking packs and things of like that. Like they're really, they're listening They're They're, they're taking they're they're taking the feedback and like, okay, let's try again let's do this again and they really want to get it right and they're hiring the right people putting the right people in the right positions um who who know this stuff yeah um, who understand this stuff and and not expecting just to like here's what we're making for you you're just going to wear it like no that's not how it works it's been it's been really cool i'm hoping based on what i'm seeing i'm hoping there will there will be change in um I think so. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think in general, there is a lot more listening going on. I think that, um, I hope that there's going to be a lot more listening, um, with other diverse marginalized groups as well. I think, you know, as long as there's not just one type of voice that's there. Um, and part of that can, can be that there's just, I think at the same time that brands are starting to change that the outdoor community is also changing. So sometimes it can be hard to find diverse voices because there just hasn't been diverse people doing these things. And so um, hopefully as more different types of people get into the outdoors, that those voices will be heard too. And I think that that is part of the um, responsibility of people who have a voice in the outdoor space is to say like, I recognize my voice and my following and my platform. And I want to use that to raise up some of these other groups that haven't been heard. Um, and so I think, um, you know, that's that's the next step really is to to start getting different types of people with different types of backgrounds and life experiences to also be giving feedback into what is important to them. Um, not only with the brands, but with um, just the outdoor space in general.
0: Absolutely, because for so long, the space has been very heteronormative, very male, very white, very straight sized. And mm-hmm. um, and I say this as someone who is plus size, but I'm also, you know, I'm cisgendered, male, middle upper middle class. Um, and it's important to realize that we have to make outdoors accessible for everybody. Everybody, um, and that means sometimes shutting up. That means speaking up sometimes, and it's, yeah, it's, it's so important because the outdoors is so freaking healing and it's amazing. Um, talk a little bit about your initiative, Climb Big.
1: Yeah, um, so Climb Big was started by Sam Ortiz. Have you had her on the show
0: before? Not yet, but Not I yet. will.
1: <laughs> Working on it. <laughs> um, so it started by Sam Ortiz, and then um, me and Bennett Ron came on board as well. Um, Sam started doing climbing uh, classes at the gym up in Seattle Tacoma area and um, I started doing them with a friend of mine down here in Portland this was all pre-COVID of course and um, we just the three of us came together and we said listen like you know we're we are all three a wealth of knowledge in the outdoor space we're all three plus size climbers like let's create some resources for people um and hopefully eventually have some classes. Bennett actually just got her single pitch instructor certification, which is a huge thing that takes a ton of commitment and time and money and all the things. I'm so I'm so proud of her. Um, and she just did uh like a little one day plus size climbing outdoor thing um I think two or three weeks ago. And that was so cool to see the pictures from that. And so uh, climb big just really became a place where we can um, create more visibility for plus size climbers um, for for fat folks of um, of any identity to. To just come together and share resources and community. And so we have a website. We also have a Facebook group um, so people can like ask about gear things or look for partners. Um, we've got people in there from uh, all over the United States. I think there's even some international people in there. So it's kind of just been this cool thing. Um, during COVID, we did a couple of virtual information sessions, kind of like Climbing 101, to talk about things. And it's just a safe space that people, um, in bigger bodies can talk about climbing without, you know, having to explain that they're a big climber, having to, um, worry about getting negative feedback or, you know, told that they need to change their bodies or anything like that. So it was really just a way to, to create a community of people that all have this shared experience of trying to be a climber and a big body.
0: Very nice. Yeah. And I like to ask everyone who who comes on this show, how has the outdoors ultimately changed you?
1: It's changed me in, in so many ways. Um, like I said, I've been doing it for five years and I am a completely different person, not only because of the outdoors, but largely because of it. Um, I think it's, really helped me with my stability um my my mental and emotional stability um it's given me resilience and perseverance and so much joy um and I mean it's it's introduced me to to my partner which has given me this love that I didn't know existed before I met him, which is so cheesy, but it's true. And, um, yeah, I mean, a a lot of the life that I have now is because of, is because of the outdoors and because of, of my willingness to be brave and, and do these things that are scary and have been traditionally not for me, for my body. Um, and so I think, it's it's given me this this bravery and this courage that i didn't know that i had that i may be suspected um because i've always been the person to kind of give the finger to the glass ceiling um <laughs> but typically that was more in an academic sense and um i you know i played some sports in in high school and college but the outdoors was really when i was able to step into the power of who i am um Through, through mountain climbing and through rock climbing. I really learned about my own, my own power and my own capabilities.
0: That's awesome. Mm. Megan, if someone wants to uh, see what you're doing on the internet, on the Facebooks, on the Instagrams, where would they go to find out what you're doing?
1: Yeah. So um, my Instagram is probably the best place. Although I did just do a TikTok the other day that is like, Going kind of viral and I'm kind of excited. I still don't it. get
0: TikTok. I'm I'm trying I'm, <laughs> I don't I'm either. Old, I'm an older Ash. millennial. It's such a zoomer thing that
1: Ash Manning is really the uh the OG oh gosh, yeah, size. Hers, hers are so fun. And I'm like, oh Ash, I can just never be as cool as you. But um yeah, Instagram is the is the the place for me right now. And it's uh at PDX Outdoor Cairo. So PDX is the Portland airport code. Everybody always asks about that. Um, and an outdoor Cairo, because I'm a chiropractor. Um, you can also, I think, just type my name and and it'll pull it up. Um, but that's the place that you can find me. My email's on there. Um, and I'm pretty available. I tend to answer emails and DMs and all those things. So um, yeah, find me on Instagram.
0: Awesome. Megan, thank you so much for coming on the Hiker Podcast and sharing your story.
1: Thanks for having me. It was fun. <laughs>
0: Dr. Megan, thank you for coming on the show and for being so awesome. Everyone, make sure you check out everything she's doing. Link people say, still say doobly do. Link in the doobly do. Link in the description of this episode. Um, Guys, make sure you do check out our sponsors as well. CS Instant Coffee seriously the best instant coffee on the trail. They have been so good to this show and so good to me and I am proud to have them as a sponsor. So thank you so much. CS Instant Coffee. Um, I drink them like as like my regular coffee now. Is that weird? Yeah, mm, kind of kind of weird. Also, if you uh, want to get some CSN's coffee, you're not sure, but you want to support the show, you can you can join Patreon, and I'll send you some CSN's coffee. If you're at the upper level, the 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 the, the, the upper two levels get the, the CSN's instant coffee. I'll send it to you after after a few months. Uh, you can check it out that way. Uh, big thank you to all of the Patreons who support this show month in and month out if you don't know what patreon is it's a great way to support the show just by a few bucks um no no pressure it's the show this this show will always be free but so many of you like hannah and 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 and, and barbara and mike and ali and someone who just has their name as their email address who i'm not gonna put their email address out there but ali and matthew and Elizabeth and maggie and ava and annette and renee and alistair and stephanie and mike and danielle and the other danielle but who's the other day? No, we don't know. And Ren, Jacob, Tommy and Deb who support this show month in and month out. Thank you all so much for your support. Also, we can't forget Kanak Outdoors, makers of the carbon fiber cork trucking poles. Uh, they, they, they have been so amazing to me. So big thank you to kanak Outdoors. If you want to check out all our sponsors, link in the description. Go to hikerpodcast.com. Um, so, yeah. Also, um, we talked a little bit about this on the show this week. And I talk about it a lot social media my gosh Um, we were without it this 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 week for like six hours and um, I think most of us we were were just we were just inconvenienced but for a lot of people you know when when certain social media outlets or platforms are down that's how they communicate there's parts of the world where where you know that particular social media outlet has, has come in and brought in infrastructure and when they were down they couldn't communicate with their family and their friends or work, or whatever, you know, the WhatsApp app is, is if you've ever gone overseas, you know how a lot of people just use it um, outside the United States as their as their main um, texting and and sometimes even phone and phone plan. And it's just been amazing to, to me to see there's been this both dependence on social media around the world, but there's been this discovery of the outdoors. And I don't know how. To reconcile the tension of the two. Because um, social media has given me. So many opportunities and so much. But the outdoors has given me so much more. So whatever it is you go do this weekend. As we get into the fall months. As we're hanging out with our families. Hopefully you know. Socially distance if necessary. Masks if necessary. Hopefully hopefully by the time the December holidays hit. You know everyone's vaccinated. And all that stuff. Um, Just connect with people in the outdoors. I find myself so many times like, wait, 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 I gotta, I gotta, I gotta gotta take a picture of this. I gotta pose this, make it look good and pretty. Oh, I can't post that because it doesn't look the way I want it to look. Um, you know what? Life isn't always pretty. It's a beautiful mess. There are things that happen that aren't things that that the social media algorithms would necessarily push, um, and that's life. And I, 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 I'm not saying to be happy about the bad things that happen or the tragic things that happen, but to embrace the fact that the whole the wholeness of life that we live here on this earth, whatever system you believe in, um, for me I don't know what I believe, but the wholeness of life here on this earth is both. You know, triumph and tragedy. It's both the good and the bad. It's the, the hard and the easy. And when we show just one side of ourselves, we're not showing all of our true selves. And so, as you get out in the outdoors, just dwell on that. Dwell on who am I and the good and the bad. And am I only showing people one side of me? Because you know what? You're beautiful no matter what. The good and the bad. Even when you're going through the ugly stuff, you're beautiful and you're amazing. So get out there, enjoy the outdoors, enjoy the the fall foliage. And, uh, you know, maybe when you're ready, be a little bit vulnerable. Thanks guys for listening to this week's episode of the Hiker Podcast.